0: To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message.
1: The first reading is from Philippines, chapter 4, verse 10 through 13. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry whether living in plenty or in want I can do all this through him who gives me strength Our second reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 1 through 10 I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to be to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surprisingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen.
0: So here we are. It's time to take a look at another bumper sticker phrase that may or may not have some truth to it. So a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, we talked about God closing doors and opening windows, and then we touched on that phrase that encouraged us to talk about our mental health and how the church should have something to say and do with the challenges that we face. And again, if there is anyone who is interested in having some deeper conversations around how we can help the broken in this way, let me know. So we learned that uh, that there might be some truth to these phrases, after all. However, we still need to think about why we say things, and maybe come up with some other words that we can use instead of this. That's kind of the reason for this worship series. We want to understand what truth is, and what and or when and why we say these particular phrases, and what we can learn from Scripture. In our relationship with God about these. And so as we begin, will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, we come striving to hear your word and to hear your message for us today. And so God, I ask that, that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but that they would be your words, your words for your people. And all this I ask in Jesus' name, Amen. I can do all things with God. Of course. Yes, but there, there also is another way of saying this particular phrase that we have today, and it is, "I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength." Philippians 4:13, that we just heard. We've heard this phrase so many times, and I would venture to say that you have seen this phrase, too. Whether that is on bumper stickers, or signs, or notebooks and journals, or maybe even inscribed on another person in permanent ink with a tattoo, you probably have seen this phrase. Out of all the phrases that we're going to cover in this series, I feel like this is the one that we are most accustomed to, to hearing and to seeing in our everyday life, more than When God closes a door, he opens a window. Or a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to somebody who is not. This one is one that we see and hear far more than all of the others. This might be because of the reasons why we use this particular phrase. You see, this one seems to be far more personal than the others. The other ones have been things that we say to other people. That we tell tell them, with some exceptions. This one, however, is the one that we most often tell ourselves. That we want to see this phrase so that it reminds us. Now, I don't know about you, but I have seen this verse on organizational notebooks, motivational artwork, inspirational trinkets like keychains, mugs, and t-shirts, phone cases, and so many others. You probably have seen them too. I also know a few people who actually have them, this verse tattooed on their arms or on their backs, reminding them that God is with them and offering strength to them. And of course, another place that I, that I see this phrase quite often is in relation to sporting events. You probably have seen this. So many Christian athletes will use this verse as motivation for their performance, to inspire them to another victory. Here's where I find a partial truth. If God is helping one team win, what does that mean? Does, that God, does it mean that God doesn't like the other team? Is God a Cubs fan, or is God a White Sox fan? Now, if you said yes to either one of those, we might have to have a discussion about this last season. But by quoting this verse in the context of sport or competition of any kind, we twist our theology into one of favoritism. Saying that God is on our side, but not theirs. We want to put God on our side, but what happens to that other person? Or worse yet, what happens when we lose? Does that mean that we can't do all things because God wasn't with us? Or that God was more with the other team than they were with us on that particular day. You can see quickly how this kind of theology seems to fall apart. However, maybe we will find some truth as we look at those other times when we say this phrase, that I can do all things with God. While we can certainly hear this right after a victory of a ga- in a game of any kind, we are still left with that question of who was God actually cheering for. But there are other times when we recite this to ourselves. It, it may be situations when, in life when we feel like we're behind the eight ball and nothing seems to be going right. We want to get some encouragement from our faith and so we look towards Scripture and feel this. this is a great reminder that there is nothing that we can't handle as long as God is on our side. There are also times when we feel weak. This can be a a physical weakness. Whether we are exhausted from the daily struggles of life or we are facing a mountain of health challenges, we want to know that no matter what happens, God will provide for us and that we will be given strength to face all of our challenges. Kind of sounds like another phrase God won't give you more than you can handle. God will help you handle all that you've been given. It is in these situations that we can find some truth in this passage. So let's focus for just a bit on our passage from Philippians. Paul is writing to the church in Philippi about hope, love, perseverance, gratitude, and contentment. Contentment. Dave shared with us a little bit about contentment. It is in this context that we find these words, I can do all things through the one who gives me strength. Now, I often warn about taking Scripture out of context. Uh, Certain passages, we talk about this as being proof texting, grabbing a certain passage out and and saying, uh, saying it, and it seems like it has a different meaning than what it really does. And so maybe we should actually look at the context Of this passage. While we know that the letter was written as encouragement to the the Philippians, uh, this verse comes in a section of the letter where Paul is talking about something in particular. Paul is talking about being content in all things. In all things. Throughout his life, he has seen some dramatic highs, as well as the bottom of the barrel lows. I mean, he did spend some time in jail, on numerous occasions he writes that he knows how to be content in both times of abundance and in times of need in each and every circumstance he knows how to be content and that is through the grace of Jesus Christ this is the context of this verse and so now i, I what i find i find pretty interesting that almost in almost every commentary that I researched uh, while preparing for this message, I found very little actually talking about verse 13. They all focus on the rest of the passage where Paul talks about contentment. And so this begs the question, why? Why do no other theologians seem to talk about this particular verse? Why do they talk about all of the others and so sometimes when I begin thinking about why things are stated a certain way in Scripture, I go back to the earliest writings and the translations. And so no, I'm not talking about King James, but I'm talking about the original Greek, the Koine Greek language. And so if we want to understand some of the nuances that are found in Scripture, we need to know what the words were that were actually used and what definitions they might hold for us. And so when I did this, I found a particular word, and the particular word was "eskuo." Eskuo. Any Greek scholars out there? Eskuo. Uh, the definition of the, the definition of this word can be can be many different things, like be able, or can, have resources, be strong, or grow strong. So yes can is part of this definition. But I think we need to be aware that that there are other meanings, even if they may seem a little similar. And so in word study, we always go back to the original word. And so the root of this word is eskos. And eskos means strength. Now, I'm not going to get too deep into English grammar, mainly because I don't know that much about English grammar, and somebody's probably going to point out my, my failings here. Uh, so, But I do want to say one thing about this. I want to mention that this word that is used in our passage today is in a particular tense. T-E-N-S-E. Tense. Not tense, like a tent. Uh, in a, the tense that is used is future tense. It's future tense. Therefore, it doesn't say that I am strong or that I was strong, but that I will be strong. It's in the future. And so we have to, if we take this short grammar lesson into mind, we might come up with different, a different meaning to the verse that we have known for so long. If we take verse 13 in the original Greek language, this is what we find. Now, this might be a little clunky, but this is what it actually states. For in all things I will have strength in the one strengthening me. Now I'm not a PhD master of the ancient Greek language but I wonder how this verse might change some of our views if we looked at it just a little bit differently today. What if we set aside the I can do all things for a moment to hear this, I will have strength in all things through the one who is strengthening me. I will have strength in all things through the one who is strengthening me. How could that change things for you today? Are you facing something today that you need an extra dose of strength, an extra dose of, of patience? Is there something in your life right now that you just don't know how you're going to face or whether or not you have it in you to take that next step? Can I tell you today that you will have the strength you need? You will have the strength you need in every situation because it is offered through Jesus Christ, the one who is giving you the strength. Maybe you can hear it from a couple of different translations. So I pulled out a number of translations. The Jerusalem Bible says it this way. There is nothing I cannot master with the help of the one who gives me strength. In Eugene Peterson's message, sometimes this is just a beautiful way of saying things. The message states this. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Let me read that again, because that one is so different. But that one speaks in a different level. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. 2 Corinthians 12.9 reminds us that God's grace is sufficient for us. That God's power is made perfect in our weakness. Whenever we are weak, then we are strong. Not because of our own power or our own abilities, but because God's power through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. But we must rely on that power We must ask for God's help and God's provision. There was a a story of a young kid who was trying to lift a big rock out of a playground, but it was just too big for him to move. And the parent came out and asked what the problem was, uh, as they certainly could see something was going on. They could see their child had been struggling for a while and was just now sitting down, dejected at the situation. And so the kid responded. He says, can't lift it, pointing to the rock. Have you tried really hard? Yes, he said. It's just too heavy and it's stuck in the ground. Have you used all the strength that you have available to you? With exhaustion, the kid responded, Yes, I have. It was then that the the parent looked with, with pure love into the eyes of their child who was feeling the weight of the world on their shoulders because they couldn't do one simple thing. And then the parent responded, no, you haven't. Because you haven't asked me to help you yet. You haven't asked me Now, we might think that we have all the knowledge, the wisdom, and the strength to do everything that we need to do. But we need to realize that that the source of all of our strength is not in ourselves, but in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The source is not in our own abilities, or technology, or possessions, or even in our own knowledge. It is in Jesus Christ. Our strength, our abilities and knowledge comes through the grace of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit given by God Almighty. You see, if we have all strength with God, then we have no strength without God. If we can do all things with God, then it is certainly true of the opposite is that we can do nothing without without God? In that situation that you're in right now, have you asked for the strength that God provides through Jesus? Have you come to the point where you admit that you cannot do this alone and that you need Jesus' help? Have you reached that point Because you see, it is only then that you can come to the understanding that you will have strength in all things through the One who strengthens you. You can be content in all things. You can trust in all things. You can have faith in all things. You can do all things, not because of what you can accomplish on your own, but because what God will be able to do in and through you through the power of Jesus Christ? Have you used all the strength that you have available to you? Have you asked God Almighty for the power that you need to get through, to get through another day, to take another step, to help you through your situation? Have you asked God, for that help. Will you pray with me? Almighty and powerful God, God, we come to points in our lives when we realize that we do not have all the strength, that we cannot do this without your help. And so God, for all of us who, who are sitting here in the, in the sanctuary and in our homes or wherever we are as we are worshiping you today, God, we, we cry out and say, look, we can't do this by ourselves. That God, we realize that we need your help. And so God, I ask that you would provide that help through, the, through your Son, Jesus Christ, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. That you would guide us. That you would strengthen us for every situation that we face. Especially in times right now as we, as we think about the world around us and the lives that we are living, that we are coming to a place where we need Your help. And so God, offer that strength through Your Son, Jesus Christ. And it is in His name that we pray. Amen. May you go, knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen.